Blog Talk Radio. And there arose a king in Egypt who knew not Yahweh. And the fear of the Hebrews fell upon the people of the land. So Pharaoh set taskmasters over the people of the land who laid heavy burdens on them which were bitter to bear. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Most High. And he heard them from beyond the everlasting hills. In time he raised up unto them a deliverer whose name was Mashach. And Mashach grew mighty and was taught in all the wisdom of Egypt. But he was a man who chose not to live out his days in the pleasures of Mizraim, and so answered the call of his destiny. And he came to the mountain of Alakim, which was called Horea, where he saw a flame of fire burning around a bush, but the bush was not consumed. And the Moloch of the highest appeared to him and spoke from out of the midst of the fire, saying, I have seen the affliction of my people in Egypt and have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Now therefore I will send you unto Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Masha asked, when I come to the people and they ask, what is his name? What shall I say? Scriptures declare that Elohim said, Ahaya, Ashar, Ahaya. Meaning, I am that I am. I will be who I will be. He said, Moreover to him, Thou shalt you say to the children of Israel, Yahuwah, the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob have sent me unto you. This is my name forever and my memorial unto all generations. And the children of Israel became vain in their imaginations and corrupt in all their ways so that they sought to replace the name of Yahuwah with the name of Adonai, meaning Lord. And many forgot his name and went after Baal, which also means the Lord. And from that time, many false names for our Creator have gone out into the world, following us into these last days and creating a controversy among the nations. Our Heavenly Father, who desires that his elect be not ignorant of his name, nor that we should be moved by the signs of the times, but that we should be steadfast in the truth, not wavering nor tossed and turned by the mouths of men. For some say that his name is Yahweh, while others say that it is Jehovah. Still others foolishly declare that it cannot be known. But we who are called and chosen have a sure word of revelation which has come down from the Father of light, who would not have his people to walk in darkness, for I declare that we are the children of light. For he has revealed through the Ruach. Take the original vowel sounds A and U, which are from the three pure vowel sounds which make up all the Semitic languages, and apply them to the four Hebrew letters, Ya, 
name and the name of Yahuwah is revealed. Therefore, let the name of Yahuwah rise upon the islands of Indonesia and echo beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. Let his magnificent name soar above the heights of the Himalayas, rest upon the shores of Sri Lanka. The voice of a messenger rides upon the clouds and races on the wings of the wind, saying, Send tidings of his name to them that dwell in Ghana. Let the name of Yahuwah shake the land of Africa. Declare his name in Zambia, Tanzania. Let it be shouted from Mozambique. Send messengers to sail across the Nile and awaken them that dwell in the Sudan. Let the name of Yahuwah invade the mountains of Afghanistan and rock the whole Middle East. Let his mighty name stretch forth with wings across Europe and Asia and cause them to tremble and sleep in China. Oh, let his name circle over the Atlantic, the Pacific, and all the oceans of the world to touch the shores of America. That his name might ring from the peaks of the Appalachian Mountains to the end of the Rio Grande. Let his name extend out over the continental divide and journey down to field Brazil. Oh, let Yahuwah's elect publish his name in every nation and kingdom on the face of the earth. Let it be published in every country, in every city, and in every state. Yea, let it mount up and ride upon the wings of the eagles. Let it glide with the falcons, the hawks, and the crows. Let it reach up beyond the heights of the condors. That his name might touch the stars and fill the cosmos. Let the Malachim come down from the Shamayim. Let them ride upon the chariots of fire. Let them circle the cities. Let them stand upon the walls. Sound an alarm to the ends of the earth. And lift up the trumpet to declare Yahuwah is mighty. Our king is strong. He has subdued the nations. He has crowned the sun. Let everything that has breath sing praises to his name. Let everything with breath praise the name of Yahuwah. Finally, when the end comes, when all things have been put under his feet, and all the nations have been gathered to meet in the city of gold, which is planted in paradise, we will all lift up together with one voice, magnify the name of Yahuwah forever. Shalom. And Shabbat Shalom, welcome to Talk, Teach, and Tessavar Radio. This is where we speak the unadulterated and the uncompromising word of truth. My name is Abid Yahu or Obadiah. I am just a humble servant of our Heavenly Father, whose name is Yahuwah, our Master and our Creator. And I come to you in the name of Yahusha HaMashiach, our Elder Brother, our Sovereign King, and our Eternal High Priest. On today's show, we're going to go over part eight of The Stranger and the Sojourner. Um, this time I'll be speaking about those things that will be happening in the latter days because we are living in those times. So how is it 
that the nation of Yasharia will welcome in the sojourner or the stranger, the one who agrees to the uh, particular covenant in conditions of our Heavenly Father Yahweh by keeping Torah, by having his Ruach Kakodesh, and the testimony of Yahusha HaMashiach. We're going to be speaking about that on today. Now, there has been questions and concerns uh, pertaining to, you know, what about the ones who were not born in the nation of Yashariel, and what if they come in and they use different pagan names like Lord and God and and, and Jesus and Jehovah and Yehovah, things of that nature. Well, we have some scripture to support that particular uh, answer for you, and plus we're going to do a brief review as to what we spoke about over the past couple of weeks. Plus, I did a bonus teaching on yesterday. It was just a brief review, plus I brought in additional scriptures, and I'd like to go ahead and share that with you as well for those of you who missed it on yesterday. So that is our itinerary, if you will, for today's show. Talk, Teach, and Test by Radio is brought to you by SALT, the acronym for Sisters Abiding in Light and Truth, and by the Kingdom Harvest of Charlotte, North Carolina. We will be having our first annual uh, gathering, our congregational service. It will be April the 3rd through the 5th of 2020. Powerful enough, it's going to be uh, on the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So for those of you who live along in the region or you want to travel and fellowship with us in the name of Yahweh, you may do so. Just send me an email, talkteachtestify at gmail.com, talkteachtestify at gmail.com, or you can email us at kingdomharvestcongregation at gmail.com. Either or, it's okay. Kingdomharvestcongregation at gmail.com or talkteachtestify at gmail.com. This is also brought to you by the Bullock Family Foundation in Arizona, um, also by the Jones Family Foundation out in Nevada, as well as those others who do love Yahweh. Uh, one more announcement I'd like to share with you because we're going straight into the lesson. Uh, a, a lot of people have been uh, asking about this particular information about the Europeans or the Ashkenazi Jews who want to come in, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to break all of that down today through the truth, through the word of Yahweh. Okay. Um, one more announcement, and that is if you are unable to make it to our first congregation service, um, your brother is going to have it available for you courtesy of Zoom. So we're going to be using Zoom so that those of you who want to see the particular teaching but you are unable to make it to Charlotte, North Carolina, um, because we know at this time there's a lot of things happening with the government being very funny in particular about the travel, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we are going to have the particular teachings online. So 
Um, if you are unable to come out, you can contact us at talkteachtestify at gmail.com or um, kingdomharvestcongregation at gmail.com. Be sure to have your name on the list so that way we'll be able to send you the link through your email address so you'll be able to um, watch the teaching and the instruction. Okay, so uh, we're also going to be out at Rock Hill, South Carolina on um, Saturday morning. So we will have that up early at 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we'll have that from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Then we'll be back at the Kingdom Harvest to do our teaching at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday, April the 4th. Uh, Saturday, uh, Sunday at 12 noon, uh, we'll be having our teaching. And then we will have also a teaching on Friday night. That's going to be at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we hope that each and every one of you that is listening by divine appointment that you're able to join us either live in person so we can fellowship and greet you or you can be greeted online as well. So we want this, uh, you know, we want to be able to share our experience in Yahuwah with you. All right. I believe that is it for all of the announcements. Uh, I'm ready to go right into the instruction. So for the next 45 minutes, we're going to go over some very key words and instructions. For those of you who would like the particular transcripts, email to you. Just email me at talkteachtestify.gmail.com. If you would like to listen to this teaching again, you can always go to www.blogtalkradio.com, type in the search engine in the upper right-hand corner. There should be a magnifying glass. Please type in Talk, Teach, and Testify Radio. You'll be able to listen to over 1,400 episodes that we have had over time. Or just Google up Talk, Teach, and Testify Radio. I believe there's over 15 different avenues to choose from, such as I, uh, I believe it's, uh, let me see, is for your iPhone or iPad. Um, they have it. It's called iHeart now. So you can join us through there as well as um, Pod Paradise and other podcast avenues. Okay, brothers and sisters, let's go ahead and do a review. I want to make sure everything is done thoroughly. Uh, we, you know, have a lot of confusion about the word stranger, as people see the word stranger in English. Um, one verse might say that the uh, stranger cannot participate in the Peshach, um that you've read in the book of Shamut or the book of Exodus chapter 12, and then you later on that the stranger can participate if he is circumcised, if the males of the household are circumcised, then they can come near and keep the Peshach. Now, let's go over quickly the particular Hebrew words uh, for stranger. It has more than one meaning. In the Hebrew mindset, you may have one English word, but might have four or five different Hebrew words and similar meanings. Or you can have one Hebrew word, but yet it may have maybe five English meanings, okay? One thing is for sure is that the Hebrew or the Abri 
mindset is concrete. It doesn't leave any room for error. So whatever is written in Scripture, it is what it is. You cannot change or you cannot use private interpretation to identify what the word of Yahuwah is. That's what Shaul made crystal clear. That is the danger with a lot of, quote-unquote, mores, teachers, rabbis, quote-unquote, because we're not even supposed to call each other rabbis, because rabbi means a great one or the great one. And Yahusha said there's only one that is great. He told you the meaning right there. So please, stop calling people rabbis. Come away from that Jewish culture because they speak uh, Yiddish, and Yiddish is nothing but a mixture of Romance languages, some German here and there, and a little sprinkle of Hebrew, okay? Jew and Jewish should not even be in your vocabulary, okay? That is the lingo of the Gentile, okay? The Gur. It's stranger, a sojourner, or an alien, okay? First and foremost, you'll read that in Shamut or Exodus chapter 12. I'm going to show you where the word gar or ger is. It is spelled G-A-R or G-E-R, okay? Uh, I believe it is Strong's Concordance because we use that so that we can find the location of the word. Okay, Strong's, uh, Strong's Concordance number H, as in Hebrew, 1616. Okay, listen to the, uh, to the additional information that I have connected to the word Gur. Number one, it is a temporal inhabitant, a newcomer lacking inherited rights. Now, the one who can partake in the Pashak, as you will read in Exodus chapter uh, or Shamu chapter 12. Let's look at the verse so that you can follow me. Verses 48 and 49. Here's what it states. Hallelujah. This is what it states here. Shamu chapter 12, verse 48 and 49. And when a girl, which is like we said, it is someone who lacks the inheritance rights to Abraham, but they do seek to have the, they want the uh, Baruchah or the blessings and the inheritance. They want that. Okay. So when the girl shall sojourn with you and keep the Peshach to Yahuwah, let all his males be circumcised. And then let him come near and keep it. And he shall be as one that is born in the land. That's powerful. For no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. Those that have an ear, let them hear what the Ruach is saying pertaining to circumcision. Not just the physical, but more so the spiritual intent of cutting off fleshly things. Verse 49. It says Ahad, which means the one and only Torah. Okay, there's not a, another Torah um, that's going to be presented. The one and only set of instructions 
shall be to him that is homeborn and unto the stranger that sojourns among you. The Gur, Strong's Concordance, H1616, once again. Okay? So, this is a particular foreigner who resides or walks with Yashariel, and they do it through conceited rites. A girl is one who dwells among Yashariel as one who is not against them, but they walk aside them. The girl has no inheritance rights, and therefore they have no way to support themselves and their family because at that time they had no land. Okay? It would be one of the most disadvantaged people in Torah. The girl could be the widow, the orphan, and the foreigner. Therefore, the girl or the sojourner was given a special place as servants in the families of Yasharia. Since they did not inherit any particular rights, they were able to come in as servants. Now, I want to pause right here to put a disclaimer right here. Just because they will be servants doesn't mean that you are a slave master. You will treat that person as if they were one of your own family members. If you read Torah, you will read that they were not supposed to abuse the servant. As a matter of fact, they were treated like family. They had to pay. uh, They were like, if you will, indentured service. They paid a debt, okay, to the person who is the homeowner or to the one who took them in. They were bought in, and they they ate like the family. They slept like the family, right? They were being taken care of, which with much love. It's going to happen again when we go back to the land, okay? Now, with the sojourner who's going to be adopted in, guess what? They are also going to be servants. We have read that in Scripture. I'll go over it again in uh, Yahu or Isaiah. They will be in the outer court. You can read that in the book of Revelation, okay? So you can't deny that, okay? But they are still part of the nation of Yasharia. We are not to vex them. We are not to talk down on them because of where they came from or their nationality. Their nationality is now Yasharia. Okay? They have a special place for Yahuwah. They will be treated just as well as we are going to be treated. When I say we, I'm talking about the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Yacoub. Now, it's real easy, all right, for somebody to read, oh, yeah, there should be one law for the native and the sojourner. When you read that, it does add a little confusion if you don't know what the term, what the Hebrew terminology is or the verbiage of the Hebrew. To be a girl in Yashariel and a servant, which we know the Hebrew word is a bed. That's why my name is Abed Yahuwah. I'm just a humble servant of Yahuwah. 
it means, number one, that you are protected, that you are provided for, and you are part of the household of Yashariel. Let me bring you those notes one more time. To be a sojourner in the nation means that you are protected under the wing of the Almighty, Yahweh. Number two, you are provided for, and you are part of the household of Yashariel. And there's no shame in that. Gur is in contrast with the Hebrew word as rock. Strong Concordius H249. It is spelled E-Z as in zoo, R-A-C-H. Now, the as rock is the one who is the native or who grew up in their own land. They were planted in their own land and raised up in their land. Okay? They are native-born. They could be from the nation of Yasharia. You have to remember this. Just because a person could be from Yasharia doesn't mean that everybody is from Yahuda or Judah. They could be from different tribes. Okay? Now, are we still in Shamu chapter 12? I want you to look at two verses for me. Number one, go to verse 19 of Shamu chapter 12. Exodus 12, verse 19. Seven days there should no leaving be found in your houses. For whosoever eats that which is leaving, even that so shall be cut off from the congregation of Yashariel. Rather he be a girl or born in the land, or he could be what? An as rock. Rather the person was born in the land of Canaan or the person who sojourns with you. So once they partook in the unleavened bread or partook in the pashat, they was to eat unleavened. The rules apply to the one that is native and to the one who sojourned with you. Yahuwah made it crystal clear right there that there was going to be two sets of people that was going to be brought out of Misraim. It was going to be, number one, his children, the nation of Yashariel, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Yacoub. And number two, it was going to be the stranger who sojourns with the nation. The Misraim, the Egyptians, walked with them, and I'm quite sure other nations left theirs and walked with them as well. That brings us to verse right here, number 49. Once again, Haretz Torah, or Ahad, Ahad Torah, means what? The one and only, it's only one Torah. Instructions and teachings shall be to him that is homeborn. There is the Haretz or the Harak, right, and unto the girl that sojourns among you. Okay, so we wanted to make that crystal clear with the girl. Now, by the time we get to Yahusha's ministry, and then later on we saw, we heard the teachings of the emissaries, who is known as the apostles, 
the word ger had changed, and they was using the Latin term, the proselyte. Now, the proselyte who is not born in the nation of Yahudah or Judah, but yet they found the truth of the almighty Yahweh, and they wanted to join Yahshariel. One such example would be the man Cornelius. He was an Italian, right? He was born in Italy, but he was not from any tribes. And yet and still, he wanted to learn the ways and the instructions of Yahweh, and he became one in the nation of Yahshariel. Now, these proselytes converted from paganism and whatever variety of Judaism that was out there at the time, whether they was following the teachings of the, uh, of the Pharisees or the Sadducees, whatever the case may be, and they came to note the only expression of Amunia that connected them to the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Yacoub. Let's look at Yahshayahu, Isaiah 61. We used this uh, particular teaching before. Look at verse 5. And the Zer shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the Nakar shall be your plowmen and your, best, your vine dressers, right? The Zar is one who is estranged, a stranger and a foreigner, one who uses strange fire. Okay? Now, there are people who are in the Christian churches that do use strange fire. They are not following the instructions of Yahweh, and they would be considered to be the czar because they are not walking with Yahshua. They are trying to resist others from coming into the nation of, Yah- of Yashariel. Now, a czar, listen, could be born from the tribe of Yahudah. They could be from Judah. Who is doing a job that they're not supposed to. For example, you may have some people who are claiming to be priests, but they're not supposed to be doing priestly work. The czar also speaks of foreign gods. They use strange fire and they use incense. They use the sages, right, to call on their ancestors. Uh, Okay, that sounds like the Egyptian. Now, the czar, it doesn't mean that the czar cannot be or the czar cannot be converted. They just separate it because they are not unique. They're just estranged. Now, a czar could be one who claims to worship Yahweh, but in a way that brings a certain discard to the scriptures. Okay? The czar seems to have no interest into being a true convert or a proselyte or a gar. They do things their own way. They use their own customs, traditions, and their own interpretations. You're going to get plenty of hostility 
from those who are the Zer. I'm quite sure a lot of you know what I'm talking about, especially on social media. You're going to get a lot of hostility and a lot of conflict, a lot of arguing with the Zer because they don't want to come into the true teachings and instructions of Yahweh. It is all about them. Then when you present the truth to them, then they try to reverse it and say, oh, yeah, these are your customs. You're trying to do it your way. When you are bringing to them in meekness and love and spirit and in truth, the word of Yahweh. I'm breaking this down just so so that you can identify what you're dealing with when you talk to an individual who claims to be in Yahweh. You, you have one who completely agrees not with you, but with the word of Yahweh, and they're willing to walk with you through Yahusha. And then you're going to have others who still want to hold on to God and Lord and Jesus. I'm not ready yet to come to the name of Yahweh and Yahusha because I don't believe those are the names. Okay, let them be and let Yahweh deal with them. Okay, so you cannot argue with the czar because the czar or the Zer wants to hold on to their traditions. You can't argue with a person, for instance, who wants to keep the new moon calendar, okay, and they won't let go of that, okay, or they want to still hold on to the Jewish customs of the uh, what they call the cider meal, and they want to keep um, communion instead of breaking bread, or they want to keep, uh, what, is it, what is it, baptism instead of being immersed. You can't argue with such. You have to let them go. Just pray for them and take back your shalom. The nakar is another word, or nakari. The, the, the nakar is one who is hostile to Yasharia, and their allegiance is toward another Elohim. Let's read this in Debarim or Deuteronomy Chapter 23, and we'll read how Yahuwah would deal with these individuals who are, quote, unquote, excluded from the assembly. Okay? Let's read the bottom, Deuteronomy, chapter 23. Let's look at verse 20. Unto a nakari, or a nakar, people may use that as nakari, someone who is adulterous, who is not related, they are outlandish in their ways, you may lend them unto usury. You can charge interest. But unto your brother, you shall not lend upon interest. This is what the Jews use, the bankers. They will say, because you don't serve our Elohim and you don't carry the star David, then guess, or the star of Moloch, then we can charge you interest. This is why they charge people so much interest when it comes to the banking system. That's a different teaching. That Yahweh, your Elohim, may barak you in all that you settle your hand to in the land whether you go to possess it. You see that? So, so to the one who is outlandish toward Yahweh, the one who is adulterous unto Yahweh, it says you may lend and charge interest. But unto your brother, you're not to lend and charge interest. That's what usury means. The, uh, the Hebrew word is nashak. 
It means to charge or oppress with interest. Okay? I know some of you are right now are getting that revelation. Wow, this is what they're doing. Exactly. Okay? Now, it shows us in this one word that this is the stranger who is diff- who is treated differently than the one who is in the nation of Yashariel. And with the Gur, you can't charge the Gur any interest. Why? Because that will he will now, since he's walking with you, that's your brother or your sister. But the one who is against Yahweh, you can charge interest when you loan them anything. It's interesting that we read in the book of Ruth, or Ruth, for instance, that Ruth calls herself a nokori. Let's read it, okay? So you'll be able to see what is going on because we see the loyalty of Ruth toward Naomi, okay? Let's read it because this is very powerful. And Ruth chapter 1, let's go to Ruth chapter 1. This is a powerful revelation because this is talking about the Gentiles who's going to be brought into Bethlehem, uh, uh, or Bethlehem, Yahuda, or Bethlehem, Yahuda, and will be coming to the house of bread. People from other nations will be embraced by the people. Watch this. Let's look at Ruth chapter 1, verse 15. She said, Behold, your sister in Torah, or your Yahamet, which is means sister-in-law, or your brother's wife, is gone back to her people and unto her Elohim. You return after your sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to return for following after you. For whether you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Ruth is turning into a girl. You see that right there. Listen. And where you will live, I will live. Your people shall be my people, and your Elohim, my Elohim. Where you die, will I die, and there will I be buried. Yahuwah do so to me, and more also, if all but death do part me and you. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. That's very powerful, right? How the Mobitists and, and people tried to use that term and say, oh, yeah, well, uh, Yahudah or Judah owned that particular part. Of Moab, but we read here that she is she is claiming that your people are not my people. But I, you know, she made the particular allegiance to Yahuwah and to her mother-in-law. Your people shall be my people. Okay, we read it here. Okay, let's read another verse. And, and, and you know, I, I want us to get this revelation. This is this is very powerful. Okay, how we read about she is a stranger. 
Let's look at Ruth chapter 2. Okay? Remember the situation when uh, Ruth, well, or Ruth was gleaning in the field with the other uh, women of Yahudah, and it was onto the property of Booz, or people like to say Boaz, and they was asking, whose damsel is this? Remember that? Let's read verse 10. Listen to the powerful message that Ruth is going to say. She fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto Booz, or said unto him, Why have I found grace in your eyes that you should take knowledge of me, seeing that I am a nokuri? You see that right there. There's Strong's Concordance, H5237. I am not of this land. I am adulterous. I have followed other Elohim. But why are you finding mercy unto me and taking knowledge of me, seeing that I am a stranger. Very powerful. Look what Booz said in the next verse. Booz answered and said to her, it has, it has fully been showed unto me all that you have done unto your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your nativity, and you have come unto a people that you know not heretofore. Wow. Powerful. That's how Yahuwah looks at us. We're going to leave the strange land and leave our strange Elohim behind and come unto a people that we did not know beforehand. But guess what? Now we're going to be accepted in. And they accepted Ruth. Let's look at some more verses on today, and then I'll go ahead and wrap this up. I wanted to show you that. Hallelujah. Okay? Now, let's look at this verse. There, this is very interesting. Let's look at Deuteronomy, the bottom chapter 14. This goes in relation with Ruth and how Ruth was able to glean from the field and take the leftover wheat. Remember when Booz had told his workers, leave some behind so that she may eat. This is powerful. Hallelujah. This is why we have to refer back to Torah to the instructions and the teachings of Yahweh so that we can understand what is taking place. Okay? Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 14, the bottom chapter 14, verse 21. You shall not eat of anything that dies of itself. You shall give it unto the girl that is in your gates. Okay? Give it to the one who sojourns with you. They can eat it. Give it unto the stranger that is in your gate, that he may eat it. Or you may sell it unto a no curry. You see that? Now, it's powerful when you look at the uh, powerful love story of Ruth and Booze, because Booze did not sell any particular food. Why? 
because Ruth had married someone from Yahudah. And since she claimed Elohim, Yahweh, she was treated as one of their own. Okay? Hallelujah. You have to also remember that Booz was a judge. He was a Shaphat, as they would say in Hebrew. Okay? So you may either give it to the to the girl, they can eat it if they're hungry, or you can sell it to the Nokuri. For you are a set-apart people, which is Kodash, unto Yahweh, your supreme Elohim. You should not seize a kid or a young goat in his mother's milk, okay? Just wanted to show you that. Let's look at the Anima. Nehemiah chapter, well, let's see, because we're about to close here. Let's look at Nehemiah chapter 13. Okay, now you got to remember. Remember, Nehemiah, this is written and it's taking place during the return back to Yahudah or to Judah from Babylonia. Okay, remember after 70 years, Yahuwah, through King Darius, allowed the people of Yahudah to return back to their land. Verse 23. Watch this, because a lot of people always argue about you're not supposed to marry people from a different race, uh, whatever. Listen to what happens here. Okay, are we there? Hallelujah. All right. Verse 23 says, In those days I also saw Yahudim that had married wives of Ashdod, of Ammon, and of Moab. And their children spoke half in the speech of Ashdodi. That's what they call or Ashdodit. Okay, that's the speech of the Ashdots or Ashdod. And they could not speak in the Yaudit. They could not speak in the language of Yaudah. At that time, it was uh, considered to be what? It was Paleo. People call it Paleo Hebrew, which means ancient Hebrew. That's all that means. Uh, we would call it uh, the uh, we call it the Sakan Abrit. Okay, the ancient Hebrew tongue. When you say Brit, um, the Abrit, that's the Hebrew tongue. Okay, okay. So they spoke. Uh, they did not speak in the tongue. Of the Yahudim, but according to the language of each people. And I contended with them and cursed them and smote certain of them, and plucking out their hair and made them swear by Elohim, saying, You shall not give your daughters unto their sons, nor take your daughters unto your sons or for yourselves. Didn't not Shaloma, the Malek of Yashariel, sin by these things? Remember, Shaloma had a thousand wives and concubines 
What got him in trouble? Was it him marrying all these women? No, it was the fact that all of those women had different Elohim, and he was introduced into paganism. He didn't worship Yahweh anymore. And for that, Yahweh saw evil. Let's keep reading. Yet among many nations were there no king like him, who was beloved of his Elohim. And Elohim made him king over all Yashariel. Nevertheless, even him did outlandish, there's the Nokari, there it is, he did outlandish women cause to sin. Even him did outlandish women cause him to sin. So you can see, these Nokari, they was introducing him to paganism and um, the, the star of Moloch was introduced, not to King David, but to King Shaloma, to King Solomon. He was with outlandish women. Verse 27, shall we then hearken unto you to do all this great evil, to transgress against our Elohim and marrying no Kori wives? Or Ishain, that's what we will, that's how we would say wives in Abri or Hebrew, the Nakari Ishahim. Okay? So he said, okay, should we transgress and marry these strange women? These women did not come to Yahweh. They, they were women from other nations, but they were going to keep their strange fire and their strange Elohim. And that convert over or become a gird or a proselyte to come over to Yahweh. They wanted to hold on to that. That's what happened when they married Malek Shaloma or King Solomon. Let's look at earlier proof and then we'll go ahead and wrap everything up. Okay. Alif Malekum. That's how you would say first Kings. Alif Malekum. First Kings chapter 11. This chapter will show you how Malek Shaloma or King Solomon turned from Yahweh. And this is how it was done. Let's look at verse 1. But Malek Shaloma, Ahab, which means he's a man, he's supposed to show his love. But King Shaloma, Ahab, many strange women. There it is right there. You see, it says he loved many, no curry, okay, many outlandish and strange, what? Ishaim. He loved many strange wives. Together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Mobites, the Amorites, and the Edomites, the Sidonians, and the Hittites, of the what? Of the Goyim, or the nations, Concerning which Yahuwah said unto the nation of Yahshua, You shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you. For surely they will turn away your heart after their Elohim. Shaloma claved unto these in Ahab, in love, right? Okay. So you can see how they were able to gain his attention away from Yahweh and toward their Elohim. Verse 
three. He has 700 Ishaim, 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his Ishaim turned away his heart. For it came to pass when Shalom was old that his Ishaim turned away his heart after other Elohim. And his heart was not perfect with Yahuwah, his Elohim, as was the what? The love or the mindset, the heart of Deud, his Ab. Okay? So we see right here that Shaloma did not have the heart of his father or his Ab, Malik Deud, or King David. Verse 5. For, listen, for Shaloma or Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Malcolm, the abomination of the Amorites. Okay? Malcolm is also known as, people might say Malcolm, that's where you get that from. Okay? It was a strange idol or god. It was the national one when it came to the nation of the Amorites or the Amorites. It was very Amoritish, if you will, to serve Malcolm. And he worshipped Ashtaroth. So, you know, it was a lot of trees that was getting planted in as well, and worshipping the trees and decorating it. Okay? So, uh, Shaloma was keeping track of that as well. I'm not saying he celebrated Christmas, but he was celebrating the pagan origins of that. It tells us right there. Verse 6 says, and Shaloma did evil. He did raha. Raha means evil. He did very bad. He displeased or he brought distress in the sight of Yahweh and went not fully after Yahweh as did Daud, his father. He did not do like David, his father. That's what uh, Nehemiah was talking about or Necham Yahu. That's what he was talking to the people about when they returned back to Yahudah from Babylonia. Okay, listen to verse 7. Then did Shaloma build a high place for Chamash, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Yahushalom. Listen, and for Malak. There it is. Remember, we was talking about the star Malak. Here it is here. The abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise, he did for all his strange Ishaim, for his wives, which burnt incense. Remember, we was talking about strange fire and sages. Here it is here. And sacrificed unto their Elohim. All of these particular strange nations would go high in the mountains, and they would make their sacrifices unto not Elohim, not Yahweh, but unto other Elohim. All right, brothers and sisters, we'll stop here. Uh, we'll continue on tomorrow. Uh, that's why we do not entertain those who still call on the name of God, Lord, and Jesus, and it's okay to fellowship with Christians because they are still connected to, you know, being a nokori because they are doing strange fire. Now, if they are interested into coming into the nation of Yashariel, that is okay. Now, it's so funny how the Christian would say that we are cocky and arrogant because we won't fellowship and go into their churches. 
only if they want to learn about Yahweh and Yahusha, we will not fellowship and call on Jesus and God and Lord because we know better, because Yahweh had took that out of our mouths. Watch this. Let's go to Usha. I want to give you this one final verse to give you a, you know, a hallelujah, if you will, hallelujah, before we leave. Father, I've been calling you by the false name for a very long time. How is it that you were able to bring me back unto you? Well, we're going to read it in the book of Usha. This is very powerful. Let's read it. Let's go to Usha. Let's see what chapter it is, because I want to really let you see this. Let's see. And, and in case you didn't know, Usha or Hosea is all about those Gentiles who are coming back to Yahweh. They went and they learned about strange gods or strange Elohim, and they came back to Yahweh. Okay? Very powerful. He's going to take those names of those pagan Elohim out of their mouths and put his name there. All right? Hallelujah. All right. I believe I found it. Okay? Let's look at uh, Hosea. I want to say it is chapter, let's see. Because I want to make sure I get it right. Because he stated, quote, unquote, I will become your husband, man, or I will become your husband. You will come back to me. Okay? So Yahuwah never, you know, he left us for a time. But after we stopped backsliding against him, we came back to Yahuwah. That That's very important for us to understand. Okay? So just that's just to... Um, get you plugged into that Alright Here we go I got the verse right here Hallelujah Alright Let's look at the book of Usha Or the book of Hosea It's telling me to go to chapter Let's see Here we go Please forgive me It looks like it's chapter two. Oh, thank you so so much. Um, our dear sister showed us where it's at. It's in Usha chapter eight. Thank you so much. Usha chapter eight. I don't know why I was looking at chapter two. Okay, let's look at chapter eight. Trying to look it up here. Let's see. Usha chapter 8. This is the first time in a long time I've had uh, quite a, uh, (laughs) if you will, quite a, uh, you know, like one of those, you know, (laughs) you know, one of those um, brain freezes for a minute. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
okay? But we're going to get this right because I want you to have it. We need this so that we can show people, okay, yep, this is what we were doing, but because Yahuwah took the name of Baal out of our mouths, now we belong unto him. Because you read, it will say in those days that I will take uh, Baalim, I will take those names out of their mouth. Okay, here we go here. I only got it, okay? Let's go to Usha, which is the book of uh, Hosea. And let's look at chapter chapter 2. And I, and I stated that before, right? So please forgive me. Um, Usha chapter 2. Let's look at verses 16 and 17. So it lets us know that we were once a Zer, or we were enemies of Yahweh, but then he brought us back in. This is what this story of Usha or Hosea is all about. Let's read verse 16. And it shall be at that day, says Yahweh, that they shall call me Ish, and they shall call me no more Bela, but I will take away the names of Belalim out of her mouth, and they shall no more be remembered by their name. So, brothers and sisters, Yahuwah is going to take the names out of their mouth, okay? Okay? Now, when you read the word Ish, it doesn't mean that we're going to remarry Yahweh because that covenant is, you know, it has superseded into uh, being in covenant with Yahweh through Yahusha. Okay? It means, though, that he's going to be our champion. Okay? Now he's going to find us worthy again to be with him. And we will not call him Belali no more. Okay? We will not call him that. He's going to, it says, for I will take away the names of Baal out of her mouth, and they should no more be remembered by their name. So Yahuwah is going to make that covenant with us in that day. Okay? When that day shall come, we will never know. Okay? So that's very, it's very important for us to understand that. Okay, brothers and sisters, that'll do it for me. I just wanted to host that to you. Please forgive me for taking such a long time to look at Usha chapter 2. I should have known that. I've read it so much, and I, and I love that verse. Okay? So be patient with your brothers and your sisters. Let the Ruach HaKadosh teach them, hallelujah, his name, because it's, it's all about relationship. Okay? We must allow our brothers and our sisters to have the relationship with our Heavenly Father, so we could be family, okay? So, we have learned more about the stranger and the sojourner. Now, what's going to happen in the end times when he calls all of us? We're going to be looking at Romans chapter 11, about what we call the grafting in. That's what Zion means. Zion means to graft in. It is 
or it was used as a particular, uh, you know, how can I say it? It was used as an agricultural meaning. Hallelujah. Okay. So we're going to go through that on tomorrow, and then we will finish off on Sunday. Okay. And on Sunday, if you have any questions or concerns, please email me at talkteachertestify.gmail.com, and I will be able to get that out, um, you know, that answer back out to you. Plus, I might ask the question on the air so that everybody can hear if that's okay with you. Okay? Hallelujah. All righty. So that'll do it for me. This has been another Talk, Teach, and Testify instruction. All right? So... Um, once again, I'm just so grateful, and I thank Yahuwah, our supreme Elohim, for his instruction and his teaching, and that we're able to come back to him in the name of Yahusha HaMashiach. Those of you who are keeping your Shabbat uh, traditionally today or getting prepared for it for today, I say unto one and unto all, Shabbat Shalom. Baraka Haba Hashem, Yahweh, Eloha. This has been another talk, teach, and testify instruction. Shalom and Shabbat Shalom.